0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln,
1: 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Greetings. Welcome in Monday morning, February 6, 2023. We start out your week at 38 degrees in the capital city and, uh, 50s continue to be a plenty in the extended forecast in the capital city after a fantastic weekend weather wise. It sticks around here, uh, for still the next, the next three days all the way till Wednesday. Wednesday now looking at might be the, the best of the days, uh, as my numbers in front of me here look like Wednesday could flirt with 60 degrees before we cool off a little, but cool off a little only means into the, 40s maybe the uh high 30s on friday and then we see uh 50s again for next week uh so here we go through the month of february uh getting getting that nice weather that we only got little tastes of during the course of january it's kind of becoming the norm here for the first half of the month of february and i think a lot of people will say thumbs up to that i will tell you this as it typically happens on a February day when things are well above normal temperature, I saw some lines at the car washes. I saw some parking problems uh, in terms of availability at the dog park, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was one of those weekends in the capital city. And it was uh, it was really nice here. I had my got my cargo shorts on, uh, had them on most of the weekend. Got them on today, uh, and. Even last night last night I my dog was outside I just went head said and about eight thirty of the night, plopped myself on a little outdoor couch. Uh sat out there, had my uh had my beverage and waited for Reggie to do his business out there and uh did a little back porch sitting on a February night. So that was fantastic. So good news when it comes to that. Uh got a good show scheduled for you today. Uh, Dirk Chatlin will be our guest at 835. Otherwise, plenty of time for you and us to talk about the things going on this morning throughout the course of the show. We'll also have our sound off coming up in 25 minutes and the morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management, where we will count down the five things you're talking about today. Uh, that's at 7.35, so about an hour and 25 minutes until we get to that. So uh, that's what we got going on this morning. Uh, busy weekend in terms of news. Uh, on uh, on Saturday, Lincoln was the uh, host of a flight that it was not expected to be the host of. And a lot more people than they're used to having uh, yeah. in the terminal. over Over at the Lincoln Airport, if you did not hear... There was uh, some mechanical problems with the flight going from O'Hare to Las Vegas. They were just west of Lincoln uh, when they determined that it was going to be necessary for them to land, and so Lincoln was the place for that to happen, Uh, and they brought in... Uh one of these one of these big ones that a typically seven
2: seven seven.
1: So it uh those are a lot bigger than the it's ones jumbo jet, that yeah. typically fly out of Lincoln. And so you yeah. brought a big crew of people who were expected to go to Vegas baby and instead they went to uh the under construction, Lincoln airport, uh, 326 passengers. Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. Uh, so they dropped them off at Lincoln airport, got to work on the, uh, the plane realized they were going to need another one. And so we had those guests in the capital city for a little while before a plane came from Denver to pick them up and take them the rest of the way to Las Vegas that, uh, you know, they had time to, to, they had several hours to wait there and, Get them on a bus. Take them on maybe a little tour. It's a nice day in the capital city. Good time to introduce everyone to the to the city. Say, hey, you guys, uh, you guys have two choices. You can sit here, uh, sit here in the terminal and drink our bottled water that we're giving you complimentary, and probably some some uh, you know uh, pre made sandwiches that that you've got, or or you can jump on a bus and we will uh, we'll take you around. So sight and see these sights you're, and you're, scenes. You're, are, they were
3: heading to Vegas, right? Yeah, Should've yeah. Got on a bus to the war Just horse. Just taking them to the Warhorse. That's, That's right.
1: true. Basically, hey, Vegas. you guys don't need to go the rest of the way. All right. right, they'll be like, you know what? This is this is basically this is basically all I needed. I don't have to go all the way to Vegas <laughs> here. Uh, they they call it the uh, it's like the Strip, the South Southwest Lincoln Strip. Uh, but they uh, got out safely at the end of the day, and all's well that ends well, and. Uh, no, no problems there after they they got back going again. So some unexpected visitors here in the capital city this weekend. Uh, other news from the city this week. See this story. This was on on Friday. Um, an 18 year old cited for animal amu- abuse. About and, 1130 and in the morning. And, and what? And littering. Oh, and littering as well. There was a uh, puppy left on a ditch in a crate. Uh, this is north of Lincoln, 14th and McKelvey Road. And uh, so authorities were called on that. They went out, got the puppy, uh, brought the brought the puppy back to their office. Lancaster County Sheriff's did to warm up and go to the Capital Humane Society. Uh, eventually, it was a, a German Shepherd Husky mix, and they brought it in, and the 18-year-old who... Uh, abandon it has been arrested and is facing charges now. As as you said there, so driving along out there in North Lincoln and see a little puppy there on the on the uh, on the side of the road. It was a cute one too. was uh yeah, yeah no, no, no. that thing's going to be big though. I think that
2: is. I uh, would think a German Shepherd Husky cross is going to be fairly hefty. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Probably.
1: So adopted, it does not come with a saddle. Uh no. Yeah. <laughs> no it does not so uh some of the things that we had going on here this weekend in the uh capital city uh what did i miss mark what else is going
2: on here Uh, that's about it Uh, nationally and internationally we had a few things shot down the balloon hey um that was a fun little earthquake earlier today in uh, southern turkey northern syria death toll now 1600 plus my
1: goodness yeah, let's huge. see,
2: what else happened? Well, the Dems decided that Iowa's not
1: going to be first in the nation. Yeah, so Nor no Iowa New Hampshire on that right. first, uh, so, uh, first time. Uh, South, South, South Carolina. Carolina first at it, this point. We have more of that up. in the sound off today. So finally. Uh, let's see, what else happened? Oh, there was uh, basketball. Uh, yes, the uh, men yesterday made for a what's been a rare happy day for <laughs> Nebraska basketball fans for the last couple of weeks. And it,
3: it was exciting well, from the get-go
1: pulled off a win at yeah. at PBA and uh, and it, you know what was interesting about the scheduling of this thing is that was their first home weekend game since that crazy Purdue game mm-hmm. back in what like the beginning of December yeah just kind of a quirk of the schedule and now the next three home games are going to be home weekend games uh, they just haven't had a lot of that, so it's it, and, and it feels like a bunch of the season has been on the road. They have, a, uh, they have a run at the end of the season, I think, of three home games in a row to finish out right before they go to Iowa to finish things off. So yeah, that was nice amidst all of the talk of, there was a column in the World Herald yesterday by Tom Chattel that was really ginning up some discussion about the future of the program and what they do to put more resources and attention into it, and of course the Ongoing conversation about Fred Hoiberg and whether he should be brought back, given uh, given the overall record of of the team this year, and whether or not there was enough improvement this year to justify things continuing to go. Which, as I've continued to say, it's it's a little premature to have that conversation because I think the end of this season has some bearing on on that as well. If you go winless versus you know if you do pick up or four ish wins here for the rest of the season i think that's a big that's that's that paints this season and those two scenarios paint the season in a um a very different picture even though mm-hmm. i can see why you might say well why would you make the decision on one month of the season but this story of the season is still yet to be written a little bit because of that so uh but it was nice to have a happy day and uh case tominaga uh, never fails to be entertaining to watch it's just always so entertaining when, especially when he has a, a game like that. But he's got the capability of really, really putting up some points, mm-hmm. which is something I think that they always hope for him. They're finally starting to see at the end of his second year playing here at UNL. So.
3: Yeah, you haven't seen a whole lot of the guys that are supposed to be shooters be, okay, they're, they're really going to start hitting shots now. Think about the guys that we would see go um, score a bunch of points. You saw Teddy Allen, well, he was getting the ball inside a lot. You know, like he was trying to find a way to get to the line. You saw Verge is actually, Alonzo Verge is the last player to have scored 30 points for Nebraska. That was back in 2021. Uh, What Bryce McGowans was able to do a year ago, a lot of those guys were trying to find a way to get inside. Now, Tomonaga did that a number of times, but the parts that really were getting the crowd going were when he was pulling up from the logo.
1: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> there there were some crazy some crazy ones there with uh with that so a feel good day for everybody at Pinnacle Bank Arena around Nebraska basketball now they go to uh, Michigan and take on Jawan Howard and the Wolverines on a Wednesday that's an early tip off at 5:30 central pregame mm-hmm. at 4:30 on Wednesday, the women get going tonight against Northwestern as they get down to the home stretch too, as they push to get them in that top half of the Big Ten and an NCAA tournament, kind of shore up the, uh, their postseason situation in the NCAA tournament. They got a chance to do that here in the coming weeks. Um, traffic note here. They begin the construction today, guys, yeah. on 84th in Saltillo. And this is going to be closed for a number of months into the fall of 2023. This is, while we, we talked about this last week, this this is while construction on 70th Street continues over there by the new Standing Bear High School as well. And so that is going to make it a bit difficult to navigate if you're in the southeast part of town. And yeah, if you're going to from get-
2: southeast to far
1: southwest... You might just as well go to Bennett and come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe, because you've got both of those closed, and, and uh, we, we went to Hickman. I didn't realize 84th wasn't closed yet last week, and so I drove as if it was. But we basically went all the way down to 56th and then uh, came up on on Saltillo and then got on to 68th and, and went toward Hickman, and that'll be the necessity. There's also a, uh alternative detour route that uses... Depending on which way you're going, using 56, then Yankee Hill, uh, and and the Nebraska Parkway, and then the 120th 20th Street uh, interchange is still is there and and working. And so you could, depending on on how far east or west you're needing to go, you could use either 120th Street or 56th Street on that whole thing. But that'll be that'll be an impactful and closing for my luck, several when I, months
2: when I get on. 56 there at uh, Nebraska Parkway to head west on Old Cheney there'll be a train with my luck
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we got we got behind one of those on Tuesday uh Monday afternoon of last week uh at 56 highway 2 and and old Cheney waiting and it was uh it just It stops everything. Well, I was, and it was not only that, it was not only that, but it was going at a snail's pace. The train was, it actually sped up as it got going, but I was like, is this this just the speed that they have to go in town? It was going oddly slow. And I was like, I told my daughter, I was like, there's no way we're getting where we're going by four o'clock. If this thing doesn't pick up the pace a lot. And it went through about two this morning. So, okay. All right. So uh those are uh those are some of the things that we've got
2: and there there was a a, a police chase I heard on the scanner coming this morning a, a stolen vehicle a somebody was after their their stolen vehicle evidently and Lincoln police uh, got involved and were chasing it all over the south part of town so okay I uh, could
3: hear some sirens when I was coming in
2: yep that was it so Managed to actually see them on some traffic cams uh, <laughs> once or twice. So
1: well, and then we had uh, Friday right after we got off the air, just down across the street from us here. You had a car that plowed into the uh, the Panda Garden uh, restaurant yep. there on that on the near that Target Super Saver area on Forty Eighth and O. Um, one of these deals where a car was parked, somebody hits the accelerator instead of the brake. Assumed and it was a drive-through, maybe. A, I don't know. Drove right into that thing, um, and they, at last report, they were hoping maybe to get back open again today. But Lincoln's uh, Lincoln's odd proclivity to <laughs> drive cars into buildings seems to be seems to be picking up again. Mark it. It used uh, it used to be about once or every month be, or so. yeah, once a month, and I think we're getting back close to that. That pace once again, it feels like. Yeah, um just crazy. As, as the initial reporting was, it was unknown if there were any injuries uh, that were related to that crash. I'm not sure if that's been updated now, but hopefully everybody stayed safe with uh, with that whole thing. And hopefully they'll be able. I know a lot of people who like that restaurant a lot, so hopefully they'll be able to get going there. And it. Uh, speaking of restaurants, maybe you could maybe the Panda Garden will get a little boost in two Fridays from now because. Munch Madness is now, yes, only less than two weeks away That's here. Close, geez. We, 11 Friday, days. 11 days, and we pick the field of Munch Madness. 64 restaurants will battle it out again in our, our new format. This is the third year we'll be using the format where it is between any eligible local restaurant that can get in. Uh, the way that the bracket is put together is simply a one-day snapshot on that Friday the what is that the 17th friday the 17th 17th, and just that one day snapshot of where the momentum is from the people who are listening and calling in and texting in and emailing in uh all of those things getting on our social media as well we do have a special day planned where we're going to do that not only uh on the air we're going to bring some special helpers in with us you'll hear some more voices on the show we'll be video broadcasting it via i believe facebook as well mm-hmm. and so you can you can watch that go and and keep track of it on the ticker and so that's going to be a, a fun day but again it's now crunch time for you to figure out who you want to see in the field and who who was left out in previous years may have been wrong there are always there are always people who think. A certain restaurant got wronged by not being in the field. Well, now is the time. We are still at the place where you can impact that, and you and your friends can impact that. And the restaurants themselves can impact that by putting the word out among their patrons to be listening on Friday the 17th, to be participating on Friday the 17th, and a small groundswell of people— is usually enough to get a restaurant in but then you got to stay with your 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 choices through the whole process true then the voting will begin uh what i believe about a week and a half after that, and we'll get going with the yeah. voting. So you'll have time to get your bracket, to fill it out, start to patronize the restaurants that are on it, and then we'll get the voting going at com. about a week and a half after that as we get closer to March. And, yes, it won't be long until Caleb will have those Munch Madness updates during every sportscast yes. going forward. So very excited to, to see it. The drama this year uh, will be uh, – Will either of the last two winners get their second title, two and three years? Norm's on 48th, Luchachos going to have some new blood in the championship this year. We're going to have some runs, some entries in the field that we haven't had for a while. Will some of the disappointing early exits be rectified this year? break all that down might have to do a little bit of a segment Caleb where we uh next week where we look at the brackets for the last two years yeah absolutely and discuss a little bit of the we can dig those up things here strange occurrence over at a bank here on Saturday
2: I forgot to tell you earlier there's a frog went in the bank to get a loan oh yeah did you hear about that no I didn't customer service rep uh, said uh you know not sure we can give you a loan but you have any collateral and he says well I've got this trinket So the customer service rep says, well, I'm going to get our loan officer, Patty Black, to check on it. Patty Black came out and says, oh, I know Mr. Frog. That's a knickknack," said Patty Whack.
1: Give the frog a loan. All right, it's 626. We will grab a break right now. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. I'll show myself out. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Love
0: KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln And conversation on how that news affects us here It's time for the Sound Off on
1: LNK Today And before we get started with that, just a quick reminder You want to get something a little extra special for your sweetheart this Valentine's Day How about requesting a song for them on Friday's request line Friday, yes, for uh, this coming Friday, which would be the 10th, this is, uh, the last request line Friday before Valentine's Day. And, uh, it is, uh, leading up to the weekend that maybe a lot of people will be celebrating Valentine's Day. And so we are, yes, opening up for your Valentine's Day songs. And if you want to give a special request and dedication to, your Valentine. You can do that on the show on Friday. So I would advise getting those in sooner rather than later to get them in the prime time of the show. So text those in right now to Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. And we will get going with that on Friday's show. Uh, all right. Sound off. Balloon Gate 2023. We talked it we were I feel like we were talking about this before anybody was talking about it Caleb. We were. Like we had extensive. Then it became like we talked about it, we had some fun with it. Uh whatever day that was, what was it Wednesday of of last week. And then it became like this political football the next few days mm-hmm. after that and it got Super political, and then uh, they they said they weren't going to shoot it down while it was a place where the debris could cause injuries, and so they waited for it to get over the ocean near Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and on Saturday, they uh, scrambled some jets, went up there, shot the thing down, and uh, now it is in the ocean, and uh, they have Navy divers who are swimming around in there trying to retrieve all the debris to uh, find out exactly what it is. So let's get more on that whole situation.
6: The FAA temporarily closing the airspace around the balloon and pausing all air traffic through Wilmington, Myrtle Beach, and Charleston's airports as it was shot down. A senior official revealing yesterday's shot at the balloon was the military's first chance to target the balloon while it floated over water. Officials could have fired at the balloon while it was floating over Montana, but they say they didn't out of an abundance of caution. China's foreign ministry responding with a statement saying, quote, the U.S. use of force is a clear overreaction and a serious violation of international practice. China will resolutely safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of the company concerned and reserves the right to make further responses if necessary.
1: All right, so there you go. So now they're in the process, as I said, of sending divers out and recovering the debris to, I suppose, take a look at exactly what that thing was.
4: Navy divers were out searching the waters of the Atlantic to try to recover debris uh, from that suspected Chinese spy balloon that was shot down off the Carolina coast. Several vessels, large and small, were out on the water, uh, presumably for this operation, which is expected to take days. We're told recovery efforts began not long after the balloon was shot down by an F-22 fighter jet and debris went crashing into the Atlantic. The suspected spy balloon originated in China and floated for at least a week through the continental U.S. with a brief diversion into Canada before it eventually ended up off the coast of South Carolina.
1: All right. Um, And the Chinese report, as was uh, referenced on that first one, was, uh, well, they weren't very happy.
6: Beijing is accusing the U.S. of using indiscriminate force to down what it says was a civilian aircraft used mainly for gathering weather data. A government minister saying the United States turned a deaf ear and overreacted. This episode has undoubtedly damaged efforts to improve relations between the two superpowers. Secretary of State Antony Blinken cancelling a trip to Beijing to meet Chinese President Xi Jinping. This was a visit President Xi wanted to happen. The cost of it derailing is now being assessed. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. All
1: right. So a little bit of fraying and already tense U.S.-Chinese relationships over this, but... Again, I mean, what do you th- what do you think's gonna happen, China? I mean, come on, seriously, what do you think's gonna happen? You you send up a visible uh, data gathering aircraft into mm-hmm. U.S. airspace, and you don't think that thing is gonna be? Th- In fact, I still I still wonder. I mentioned this when we talked about it last week. Like, I still wonder. They know. I mean. They're not idiots. They know that the balloon was going to be visible. They knew that the United States was going to, at some point, become aware Uh of where it was and what it was, and they likely knew what the action was going to be when that happened. So why why are we doing this then? Exactly. I mean, there was a part of me that was like, Mm. do they want this thing shot down? Is that is that what the thing is? Or do they really think that thing was just going to patrol over the skies of the United States in perpetuity going forward? It was their constant eye in the sky, <laughs> you know, like they've got with satellites, but instead it's just going to be a balloon getting a little bit of a different view. There's no way they thought that. There's no way that they thought that. So I don't know what the what the end game they envisioned for this. That was something other than it eventually getting blown out of the sky. By the United States, and I think they would probably take a uh, a very similar message, uh, very similar method, if the roles were reversed. I mean, they're always they're always talking about the U.S. doing uh, covert, inappropriate spying on them right. as well. So I don't know what's going on here exactly. <laughs> uh, International news and Mark referenced this uh, major earthquake in Mm -hmm. turkey uh and they are they've got a lot obviously a lot of work to do in rebuilding a lot of work to do still in finding people who may be injured who may be inaccessible at the moment
3: the 7.8 magnitude quake hitting southeast turkey early monday felt in several provinces and elsewhere in the middle east that quake knocking down several buildings and was centered about 20 miles from the provincial capital of gaziantep the u.s geological survey saying the quake's epicenter was about 11 miles deep a strong 6.7 aftershock rumbled about 10 minutes later the earthquake was also felt in lebanon and syria with syrian state media saying some buildings collapsed in the northern city of aleppo and the central city of hama the quake also jolting residents in lebanon from beds shaking buildings for about 40 seconds paul stevens fox news
1: yeah so there you go they said this was less of uh an epicenter and more of what they call an epiline essentially um there were two massive tectonic plates that meet underneath the the southeast part of of turkey and the fault line essentially 100 miles from one side to the other slipped they call this a strike slip where the Mm -hmm. the plates are touching and then all of a sudden they slide sideways and that's essentially what happened. The plates actually move horizontal rather than than vertically, um, and that was that's that's what happened. But man, you've they've got tons They need tons of search equipment, of course, following a, a earthquake of that magnitude, seven point eight on the on the Richter scale. And so they're getting a lot of aid from other countries with the search equipment to try and find the people who are missing. You look at some of the overhead pictures on that. And it's incredible, incredible damage that it did. Buildings just look like, I mean, they looked like a bomb hit them, uh, essentially in a whole lot of these places. So, um, certainly the world's thoughts going to Turkey and, and dealing with that right now. Um, uh, Mark also mentioned this in the outset. So election season in 2024. So by the way, heads up, this is like a year from now One year from right now is when we start firing up with the primary votes, the primary caucuses and or votes around the country. And at least for the Democrats this year, it is going to be very different than what we've become used to Mm -hmm. for presidential season primaries. The normal the normal you know by now you know having lived in this country and followed these it's it's new hampshire and it's iowa it's new hampshire and it's iowa it's been like that forever all of the focused on those two states at the very beginning well not this year a little bit more on that by an overwhelming margin
4: all those in favor of approving the report say aye Aye. all opposed nay the ayes have it and the report on the rules and bylaws
1: committee has been adopted Democrats voted to remove the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary from the beginning of the primary order, replacing them with the South Carolina primary February the 3rd next year, followed by the New Hampshire and Nevada primaries three days later. The move made to empower minority voters, with DNC Chairman Jamie Harrison saying the move, quote, elevates diverse communities at the core of the Democratic Party. Republicans are not expected to follow suit. Kevin Uretzky. Fox News. Okay, so this will be, yeah, this, so this will be odd in that you you won't necessarily have, and and more more likely than not, the the uh, the Democrat if you, if Biden runs again, these primaries aren't that interesting. The year that the year that the, the years that this is going to be really odd is like we had four years ago. Mm-hmm. Or, or no, uh, not, no, not even four years ago, eight years ago, when there was no incumbent that was coming in. Right. And both of the parties are selecting for real their their presidential candidate. And at, in those years, so hypothetically, you could have that four years down the line if, if Biden had won and then he was going to be term limited out where you will have. Some states going on with the Democrats in significant primaries. Some states, different states, going on those same weekends with the Republicans, and then on a later weekend you'll get the the Republicans mm-hmm. again in a state where the Democrats did it earlier, vice versa. On this whole thing, um, so, so get
3: prepared for that.
1: Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. But but again, I know we're we're talking about right now about the right about the Democrats. Which, if Biden runs, the the Democratic primaries wouldn't be particularly interesting, Mm -hmm. because that normally is the case when when that happens and there's there's somebody on there. So yeah, that Democratic primary will be February 3rd, Um, then uh, it looks like New Hampshire next and Nevada at that point, Uh, then Georgia, then uh, Michigan, those are the ones that are on the schedule so far so they got to get the rest of those on the schedule but again those aren't those won't be all that those won't be all that interesting
7: mm-hmm.
1: right i mean it, assuming biden is is running
3: right right so
1: right.
3: uh by the way one more thing back to the uh the turkey earthquake yeah that fault line is 932 miles long Jeez. the san andreas fault runs 745 miles wow through california so you're going it's a couple hundred miles longer and we are i mean we've got a thriving movie industry that tells us what happens yeah if the san andreas fault moves and right. shifts right so to see that over there that's in real time seeing what's happening in turkey
1: yes yep exactly so uh, anyway, yeah, changes uh, changes for elections going forward, and we'll see if the Republicans uh, make any changes right now. As as of right now, it sounds like they'll go with the normal. So uh, you'll still have th- this coming year the kind of the interesting things there being the 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 primaries in Iowa and New Hampshire as it stands right now. Now it is kind of interesting because the. After Trump, the next major candidate that's thrown her hat in the ring is Nikki Haley, and she is from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that's if if South Carolina were going earlier on the Republican side, you know how important it is to get early momentum in those primaries, especially when you got a field and you're probably going to have a big field on the Republican side to corner some of the fundraising market just to show that your candidate is viable. I'm sure she'd like to see South Carolina instead of Iowa and New Hampshire have the first GOP primaries. Uh, But as of right now, it stands like it has been for quite some time. Uh, All right, uh, other items that we've got going on today. Oh, we've got some, uh, we've got a bipartisan coalition put together in Washington, D.C. to save your gas stoves. Thank goodness. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's, yes, it's not even not even just one side of the aisle or the other.
2: Republican Ted Cruz and Democrat Joe Manchin teaming up, introducing the Gas Stove Protection and Freedom Act. Manchin saying the federal government has no business telling American families how to cook their dinner. The legislation put forth weeks after a member of the Consumer Product Safety Commission said it was considering regulations or a possible ban on gas stoves, saying they cause dangerous indoor air pollution head of the CPSC later walking back those remarks saying they're not considering a ban on gas stoves, but ways to curb the stove's emissions. Sue Guzman, Fox News. Okay,
1: but nothing's going to stop us from having a big culture war over something, right? Anytime we can get that, we definitely go all out on on that whole thing. Uh, maybe some good news. I know it hasn't seemed like there's been much for a few weeks here on gas prices, but maybe a little relief coming here as we go into the next few weeks. It sounds like
6: prices at the pump are trending lower modestly, but AAA says that should continue near term unless something shocks the market. Spokesman Andrew Gross tells Fox Business crude oil's drop back into the mid-$70 a barrel range has taken a lot of the upward pressure off gas. The national average for regular is only a few cents lower than a week ago, but it's about $1.50 less than the record price set last summer at five o two a gallon. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. All right, well,
1: that's not, I mean... That's good, but that's not quite anything to celebrate, so hopefully they continue to move downward because getting back into the 330s again after it looked like we were going to be below 3 for an extended period of time hurts a little bit, I'll tell you that much. Uh, this is, uh boy, this is out of Vermont, not necessarily even the state you'd expect something like this out of, but uh, around the country, it's becoming a bigger and bigger issues where youth sports, uh, uh, in youth sports, the parents angers and frustrations boil over and it turns into a really nasty situation and that happened uh, in the state of vermont but uh, officials are using it to make a point about the entire country and the issues that are going on with youth sports right now
3: police are now investigating a brawl that broke out between parents attending a middle school basketball game in northern vermont after a 60-year-old grandfather involved in the brawl died. Police say Russell Giroux called first responders while driving home and later died at the hospital. The local school district is now banning all spectators from attending middle school basketball games for the remainder of the season. It's the latest example of what the National Association of Sports Officials tells us is an epidemic of harassment and violence at youth sporting events between parents and towards officials.
1: Yeah, I listen. Now if if you're a, if you're a college or an NBA, you know, ref, some of that I think comes with the uh with the territory and you're compensated, but man, the people who go out there and do the uh do the youth sports, do the high school sports, yeah. I don't know how they do that. <laughs> I don't know how they do that at the lower level. I mean, talk about the epitome of a thankless job.
3: Yeah, sometimes you're you're struggling just to get enough officials, especially as as you're going to see now going to the club volleyball tournaments. Oh, what yeah. what all of that is looking like, where you do have like you'll have one official.
1: We don't have officials right now. It's uh, okay. It's, yeah, it, that, your schedule includes your games and then the games that your team yes serves as the official on.
3: Yes, that, that, and then it would be volleyball. Yeah, it, depending on where it is, sometimes they'll they'll have an official, and then the, those you'll have the games that you are line judging. Mm-hmm. So it's you are utilizing anything that's available yeah. to you right now. And are are like, are you really going to go yell at that 13, 14 year old girl who missed a call yeah. at a tournament when you're playing seven games that day?
1: Yeah. Was it? I think you. I can't remember who told us the story, but I think you were with me. Somebody who told us that they were a coach was getting after an ump in a, a Legion baseball game or something, and and the ump came back and said, "Right now there are forty seven umpires who are doing this in in the state, mm-hmm. and there's going to be forty six in about a second if you don't shut up." Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I'm, I don't know if I. But
3: but that. but that that's that's roughly about what it yeah. what it ends up looking like, and yeah. there's that that's a giant issue. It's the, it's one thing. It's still not really condoning a lot of what gets said. Like, it's one thing when you were being absolutely compensated for your time to be there. A lot of the folks at the youth level, at, uh, making... even the high school level, like that is not you're not a full time doing that and nothing else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So so that you got to We got to reel it back a little bit here, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, All right. looks like we're out of time. Uh, It is 6.57. That's it for your sound off. We'll grab a break right now. You're listening to LNK
4: Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K. Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of
1: Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back. K. Today with Jack and Friends. Glad to have you with us. It's February 6, 2023 at 709. 40 degrees in the capital C and after... Being treated to a, a great weather weekend, we—it's not over. We've still got more of it coming, really, for the next three days. Uh, if you liked what you saw Saturday and Sunday, pretty similar in terms of what the forecast holds for us today, Tuesday, and Wednesday as well. Now I'm looking at the uh, looking at the winds that go along with that can sort of. Uh, sort of dampen it a little bit gust could be up at 26 miles an hour today 16 miles an hour so not bad on tuesday um, and then on wednesday uh, five to seven miles an hour <laughs> is all it's going to be and so yeah it's not it, it's it's going to be it's going to be fairly nice now thursday they, they do bring in a slight chance of of rain and snow uh, but again, your high is still going to be in the forties. Uh, right now, according to the National Weather Service, the only day for the foreseeable kind of midterm future that is not going to be at least in the forties is Friday of this week. And that's still uh, a 30, a high of 38 with sunny skies. So still over freezing. Guys, if you piece together the little bits of forecasting and data that we have. Right now, I don't want to overreact. I don't want to overreact and there's always the people this already happened to me last week when I'm being joyful about the uh the the warm forecast mm-hmm. is the the person reminding me that it means that um there's some sort of that it's that I shouldn't be happy because that means that there's um warming happening uh d- departures from the norm in terms of of climate i i guess my answer to that is always well i mean i also wasn't like cheering in around christmas when it was 50 below saying hey it's back to normal now so you know this week changes everything <laughs> i don't react week to week i don't really Yes, I don't have my week to week and month to month reactions to these sorts of things. I don't deny that some that we are sort of changing in terms of what the norms are in terms of our uh, look but you know i mean january was not that good that not that warm to to be honest this year so i mean like yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna react poorly to every time that it's warm you gotta you gotta react good to every time it's cold and act like things are going i don't know i can't live like that okay it's just i'm not doing that if the weather's enjoyable i'm gonna enjoy i'm not i'm not doing that so (laughs) but with that said let me paint a picture caleb let me paint for you an oddly optimistic picture of what the situation is right now with the weather in Lincoln Nebraska in the month that I decry all of the time because of one of the reasons is is the weather in this month um like I said we are we the only day in the 30s for for all the way through for 10 in the 10 day forecast is Friday and in fact I am counting right now. One, two, three, four, five, six of the next 10 days, 50 or above. Okay. And then one up 48 and 49. So if those are close, that would be eight of the next 10 days. 10 days out, guys, it's February 15th. You are more than halfway through the month of February at that point, if you get, if this holds for 10 days, then I will tell you this. You take a look at the eight to fourteen temperature outlook, which is kind of the next level over the ten-day forecast, mm-hmm. and Lincoln, Nebraska, is at a um, likely above normal in the in the map that was just released yesterday. That carries carries us out to February nineteenth. Okay, so worst case scenario, if that holds, is that. Okay, that last week of February, February 20th, 21st through the 28th. That's, you know, that's crappy maybe. There's the cold wave that comes in at that point. But th- the deal about this, Caleb, is by the time you get to to March, by the time you get to the beginning of March, your normal high on March 1st is 46. Your normal high on March 4th is 48. You have to go one week into March to the 8th where Lincoln's, and by the way, this is over all the years, Mm -hmm. so if it's changing, it probably is going up. You've got to go only to March 8th to get the norm to be 50 degrees here. So that leaves, and yeah, I've been around here long enough to say, but Jack, what about the state tournament storm? Right, right with the, it's come very. It very well could happen. Okay, it it very well you could have a little blip on there where things are going to get snowy for a few days. Where you're going to have a couple of days in that what February twentieth uh, mm-hmm. to March fifteenth period, like. Three quarters of a month there. Yeah, storms come through. You, you might, you, it might. It might happen. Move. You might have some days where the highs, what, twenty nine. But guys, I don't think we're doing. I don't think we're doing single digit highs. I don't is, think we're doing. Is bitter done? I think bitter is. I think bitter is done. Okay. I think bitter is done for winter of twenty twenty three. When you look at the data that you've got right here, if you go. Like, if you go to March of last year, what would you guess last year? And last year's March was kind of a mixed bag. Like, January and February were way warmer than normal. Uh March was a little bit of a mixed bag. What do you think the low, high temperature was? The the least best day in terms of high temperature. Ooh, okay. What do you think that would have been in March of last year? March of last year. Like, how bad? What was the worst that it got? 36. All right, well, it was worse than that. It was it was 30. It oh, okay. got 30 on, I mean, not a whole lot March worse 10. than that. There were only by my count 1 2 days with highs under freezing in in March of last year. So he, th- this is what this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. So if you're someone who and I know it's not everybody out there, but I'm one of these people that my mood is directly impacted By, by in winter, Mm -hmm. by whether or not there are long stretches of really cold, gray, icy weather. And it looks like we may. I went to March, uh, okay, March 2021, your lowest daily high that year. Oh, my gosh. Lowest daily high that year was in the 40s. 42. Okay. 42 was your lowest daily high in March of 2021. Uh, March of 2020, your lowest daily high was, I mean, you start to put together the data and it's not, there you got a 34, you got a 32 that year. Nothing below freezing Mm. that year. Go to 2019. I'll keep going. I will keep going. You go to 2019, (laughs) March of 2019, your lowest daily high that year was, uh, okay, that year it was cold. (laughs) March third, twenty nineteen. The high was eight. The low was six below. Oh. Hmm, I don't remember that. After you got that, after you got through that, though, after you got through that like three day period, though, uh, you didn't have a high that was under thirty six, and you had a lot of sixties and a few seventies mm-hmm. on that one. So, I mean, the un like the real unknown period right now is a two week period at this point. Which still, which still could fill in. So I'm talking if we c- f- f- February 20th to March 8th, February 20ish. So that's about a two week period. Right. That that's whole it. thing, and you you are you get out of there, and averages would suggest that you are almost certainly, as you were saying, out of the range for bitter cold. Now, if we get there, and I think we're going to be up, we're going to be good until that point. <laughs> we're going to be good until that point. So mm-hmm. that's two weeks. We got two weeks of good. We got two weeks of unknown, but that could also be good. And then by that point, you're into, Should you're be in, in the, the mid-March. You could, you could have a one-off, We, we just, one of those super wet spring snows where it snows uh, and it's super heavy snow and it's. Thirty-one degrees the entire time that it happens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We, we've we've been through those in March in the past, but the numbers would suggest it would be a huge anomaly. We
3: had a blizzard for my senior prom in April. Okay, now I realize that's that's still a couple hours west of here, right? But but like that's not in a super un an ordinary thing to happen,
1: right? Right, I get that. I, that that that's absolutely true. I would think. I would say that's actually more. Um, that that's more likely than a cold snap mm-hmm. when you look at. Oh, for sure. When you look at these things.
3: Now here's the trade-off with this, though. Yes. When as we have the and this is a part where I've been kind of okay-ish with the below-freezing temperatures, the a little bit bitter. I don't really like the. The cabin fever of having a toddler at home, going, please just burn your energy in whatever way possible. I can't take you outside. I'm sorry. Go ahead and be crazy in
1: here. But it's not muddy outside. That's that is the biggest issue. <laughs> that is a hundred percent the biggest issue, and that's also the issue for we dog owners. That, who are and that's out the there thing as well. is,
3: It's not muddy outside, but now it starts to warm up. It's like great, we can go on a walk. It's like, right? Well, the, the walk was fine, but you found
1: every mud puddle how many days over 50 do you need without any precip to finally get rid of the mud? how long until that dries up how does that work exactly
3: well and then does it does it dry up a little bit but then kind of right now almost freeze a little bit overnight you put a little frost but then that frost melts in the morning so you're just in that cycle of we're in the muddy season yep so that's the trade off of, yeah, I like it getting all these above fifties right now,, mm-hmm. but we're coming out of a time when everything was frozen
1: where I didn't have to deal with that much right, okay, I found a year march twenty seventeen you had a high of sixteen on March tenth uh no, that's not right, I had those I, that was the low, yeah, you just it it doesn't man, it just doesn't happen once you get through that first week of March historically, at least for, I'm going on, I've got almost a decade now that I've looked back. Once you get through the first week of March, you just don't get bitter cold Mm -hmm. in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay? By the way, we're not getting it for two weeks. So we got two weeks before we say goodbye. As
3: you were going back and you found that, oh, that was really cold in March, 2019. Remember, that's when a lot of, that was when a lot of the rivers froze up and then you had the flooding across the state.
1: Was that in was that in March when that was that twenty nineteen or was that twenty eighteen? Twenty nineteen. Was that twenty nineteen vivid
3: memories of that because I got laid off from my job a couple months okay. later. Okay.
1: <laughs> so that would have been okay, that's what was happening that year. Um, but it was because
3: of that, that snap of cold and the freezing that you had on the rivers, the damage that was able to everything got backed up and then you started to see the flooding of the banks and some of that the that ice went through and that was damaging dams. It was it was a rough spring.
1: How about this Monday, March sixteenth, two thousand five. High temperature ninety degrees.
3: Wait,
1: what? <laughs> twenty fifteen, I should say. What? March fifteenth, twenty fifteen. Uh, March sixteenth, twenty fifteen. Ninety degrees. Yeah, I'm going. <sighs> I, I'm going through, and yeah, the, it is. Ju- that seems to be a as I continue to go back year after year. That seems to be kind of a line of demarcation mm-hmm. for bitter cold is is the first after you get through the first week of march you're in the clear okay so this is not a 60 degree guarantee that would be later in the year this is not a guarantee of anything this is upping your spirits by saying looking good for 2 weeks according to looking really good for 2 weeks according to the forecast mm-hmm. this coming week the week uh, halfway through the week afterwards uh, ish And then we have our February 17th, which we've declared the first day of spring. Yep. And that actually leads us in to roughly the two-week period, the final two weeks, the final two weeks, the last week of February, first week of March. Whatever happens there, that's going to be it in terms of bitter cold, all of those things. And then we're pretty much historically above freezing every day, almost never a bitter cold spell in that whole thing and the like the likelihood of 60s 70s maybe an 80 a 90 that one year Mm -hmm. that those come into play in march so guys i still don't think the groundhog what i'm trying to see is the groundhogs were wrong as ever (laughs) this year the groundhogs were wrongs ever last year we got spoiled we got spoiled last year in january Okay, Mm -hmm. we've gotten spoiled. We didn't get to we've got spoiled some years in December. We didn't necessarily get that as much of this year. But this year it's coming at the end of the winter. And I would say that's even better. Chop off weeks. That's even less. Right. We're chopping weeks off from the back. Yes. Instead of the front. Exactly.
3: I don't think we're going to get a week, a seven day stretch where you don't have at least one of those highs above freezing. Uh, even, even in that, in those mystery two weeks. Oh yeah. That's yeah, that would be, that would be wildly. So, so that's, that to me is the part where bitter is absolutely over.
1: What do you, how do you define bitter exactly?
3: Um, when, so bitter is the highs obviously have to be below freezing, but there has to be probably 15 to 20 plus mile per hour wind. associated with it as well yeah it's the wind like like the wind chills have to make it just awful
1: so like feb 29 we did get a week the last week of february went 23 12 16 13 22 for highs Mm -hmm. so that you could have that that that's worst case scenario right now is that last week of february
3: that's worst case scenario that's worst case scenario that
1: one one full week of bitter maybe a snowstorm along with it but then it's it's probably flipping absolutely out. take that Be- best case scenarios it's done it's done right now mm-hmm. done right now those two <laughs> weeks are, it's done right now that's best case scenario see i love to accentuate the positive with these sorts of things and i apologize that nobody's probably quite as interested <laughs> but i get obsessive this time of year about uh about keeping track of that weather and can, and i'm not going anywhere warm this spring it's so, nice to look ahead yeah Hopefully it'll be one of those years where everybody who goes on a nice trip on spring break someplace warm will have the experience I had a few years ago when we went to Arizona, where I'm in Phoenix, and I look at the Lincoln forecast, and it's four degrees warmer than it was in Phoenix. (laughs) That was infuriating. All right, 725, Caleb's got to check sports. Coming up next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to
0: your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for The Daily for free at
7: KLIN.com.
5: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at
4: regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: All right. Welcome back. 7.39. And before we get into the morning drive today, Caleb, uh... Yeah, a little bit of a programming note for tomorrow's show that we just confirmed.
3: Yep, just confirmed we will have Nebraska head football coach Matt Rule on the program 810 tomorrow. Ooh, so Via our, phone,
1: we'll have him on LNK today. Our first chance to co- talk to Coach Rule. That uh that should be fun. So you don't want to miss that at 810 tomorrow. And uh yeah, looking forward to that. So thank you for him uh offering us a little bit of his his time now that they're finished up with the February signing day, moving towards spring ball as well. And look forward to getting And he was know in him.
3: Texas over the weekend.
1: Okay. He's he's still all over. Still busy. Alright, now we'll get a chance <laughs> to, to get to know him a, a little bit more so we look forward to that. So 8-10 Tuesday on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. We'll talk to Nebraska head football coach Matt Rule. Alright, let's start counting them down.
2: Number five. China accused the U.S. of indiscriminate use of force when the uh, U.S. military shot down a Chinese spy balloon Saturday, saying it seriously impacted and damaged both sides' progress in stabilizing Sino-U.S. relations.
7: Yeah!
2: Vice Foreign Minister Xi Feng said he lodged a formal complaint with the U.S. Embassy the uh, uh repeated china's insistence the balloon was a chinese civilian unmanned airship that blew into the us by mistake and called the response an overreaction that seriously violated the spirit of
0: humanity.
1: Sure. sure it blew i'm sure your balloon that you designed was ju- you just weren't able to you know uh, project the upper-level winds, and that it would just happen to be flying over some military bases and and those sorts of things. Sure, it got close to us here, did it?
2: Yeah, it was. I right, should have been right,
1: out watching the sky. Well, I don't think we could see it, but it went right over
2: St. Joe, Missouri. It went over northern Kansas and St. Joe, Missouri. Some Ooh. friends in St. Joe got a good.
1: Picture Do you think they got any good uh, spy pictures of Coolcrest? Probably. Wait, is that what this is about? hold your horses now and now this could be a serious international Are, issue. is china trying to take take the plans and the design of the greatest miniature golf concept of all time yep, and export them finally to beijing ex- finally a
2: logical explanation thank you
3: so what what do you do when you see said spy balloon flying over your head is it much the same way when you see the google car the google maps car out and about you're like well, alright, let's all pose. Hope we can see this
1: one well, outline. Number one, hopefully not shoot a gun in the air at it. Yeah, because do not recommend you're not you're not gonna get it. Not at 60,000 feet, you're not. You're not gonna get it. Okay. <laughs> so that's probably not a it's probably not a safe. Decision. Not unless you're
3: running an air defense
1: station. Although I'm gonna guess somebody did that, uh over oh. the course of of the last few days. <laughs> I think I got it. Nope. Nope, not coming down. Uh yeah, I don't know. You take pictures. there were all these America. There were all the there were all these pictures of it and I was like, I can't even see it on that picture. You're gonna need to zoom in about a thousand more times to see this thing. But anyway, after a, after what, three days of arguing and, well, and it it'd it'd becoming a political issue, they brought it down. I think it's been longer than three days because it flew well, over day, Alaska, t- but it was three days that we knew about it. Well, Biden said he. I think he said it was Wednesday. Wednesday morning was the time that we talked about it. I feel like we talked about it before anybody else was talking about it a whole lot. Like it became a hot button issue after we talked about it. I'm not saying we started it, but we might have. Um, But Biden said that he gave the order to shoot it down on Wednesday and then his his advisors said that they should wait until it was not over a land area essentially and then wasn't it, was it the governor of Montana or some official in Montana was like, the only thing you were going to hurt was cows and maybe groundhogs out here if you brought that thing down there and whatever. And of course the whatever. conspiracy theorists are, are uh,
2: hard con- at work. So what's the conspiracy theory? Well, there's several out there. One of them is that this was a precursor to an EMP attack. Electromagnetic pulse oh, that would, uh, you know, basically render the power grid and most communications on uh, the U.S. soil. Uh Ineffective. We're doing some, that
3: in Texas on our own because the well, poor infrastructure.
2: Well, that's yeah. I'm just saying this is what the conspiracy theory. Some are saying that it was. It's a. It's a uh, precursor to launching another biochemical uh, uh, virus release attack on oh, the geez. U.S. Uh, I even read one. That it could be uh, targeting U.S. agriculture with some type of a bio disease affecting. Uh, commercial livestock. I don't know why so. they
1: need a blimp
2: to go over top to do that. Well, They got
1: satellites that can give them
2: well, you know, this data. If it's a bioweapons attack, it's got to be right over, and then you spread it. And if it's an EMP, it, the well, satellites aren't going to do that. Whatever. I ju- ju- so I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, the stuff's out there. Uh, yeah. Well, as always, stuff being out there. <clears throat> there's stuff out there on everything. But I, I, just, I... I Coming around, I firmly uh, am convinced now that you are correct. It's to steal the Google Crest.
7: Uh, <laughs>
1: that's what it was. That's that's, that's, that's the be, whole thing. Gotta it's got to be one only of lo- the America's shining jewels, and it's the one thing they don't have in China. It's the only logical, good miniature golf courses. Only logical explanation. It's going to be government owned. There, that's the difference. That that that's the big difference. Yeah, but listen, here's here's the seriously. Here's the question I have that I brought up with Caleb earlier. China knows that gets spotted over the United States And they know that it's going to be visible over the United States They know that's going to get taken down, right? Sure Of course they know that it's going to be taken down It's almost like they wanted us to take it down <laughs> Yeah? By the, the way, means- there was another
2: one that, that crashed about four months ago uh, West of Kauai
1: Oh, Really? Yes, and it crashed, huh? And Maybe they don't have control. That's of those uh,
2: that's a little more concerning in my view because on the west side of Kauai is the White Sands Missile Base that basically you know, protects the western flank of the
1: United States. <sighs> Good times. Did you see the the video of them actually shooting it down though? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Probably one of the easiest. Uh, the easiest combat missions that the uh, pilot who did that has ever had in his or her in his or her life. Hey, <laughs> base. <laughs> we got it. This isn't exactly this isn't exactly uh Tom Cruise uh, with with MIGs all around how, him. At how did this you guys point. shoot
3: down the balloon? We were inverted. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that was just because it was really Com- boring. Communicating. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, moving on. Can you, can you just imagine what, what what their story would be
1: if they missed? Right, exactly. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're going to set out the next mission.
2: Number four. The United uh, Airlines flight headed Chicago to Vegas made an unplanned stop here in Lincoln Saturday morning. Pilot reported engine problems uh, just west of Lincoln. Uh, Mark Grant Communications at Lincoln Airport said 326 passengers and crew were aboard the Boeing Triple Seven. Uh, the plane lost use of one of its engines. Turned around, landed here about 11:40 Saturday morning. Uh, it was a technical issue with the engine, but it—you know—those uh, things are designed to fly on a single engine, and it did. Flight 188 uh, landed that plane at the airport they brought in another one from denver and eventually took the so how long
1: were they here uh, all in all like 5 uh, they hours
2: land, they landed just before noon and i think they left about uh, six, 6 or 7
1: okay 6 or 7 hour they should have given them the option they should have like i said they should have given them the option said hey you guys aren't getting out of here until early evening it's 1 in the afternoon we brought some buses in for an optional an optional city tour of Lincoln. It would have been a good marketing opportunity all these people and then you know, who knows how many of them wouldn't have been that impressed by Vegas anymore after having driven around Lincoln. Missed yes, opportunity act- there.
2: Actually they left Lincoln at seven eleven Central Time and landed in Las Vegas at seven twenty eight Pacific time. All right. So they were here about seven hours. They still had time to get
1: to the get to the show whatever, go go see Celine Dion or whatever they've got going on in Vegas right now. They'll start late. I'm told.
2: Number three. Democratic National Committee approved a presidential primary calendar over the weekend. South Carolina now going to be first nominating state in 2024. Pushes New Hampshire and Iowa from their traditional spots in a party-wide push to diversify the early oh. So the Hawkeye, Hawkeye
1: uh, no longer 1st They're up. They, he, but here's the funny thing. Uh, Biden's probably running in 2024. He says he is. Uh, who cares but, about Who cares about the Democratic primaries in 2024? They're, they're gonna be. It's not like they're gonna be interesting. Well, I don't know. There's like
2: 67 percent of Democrats in a recent poll did not he's, want him to run. I I agree.
1: I understand that. I know that he's not losing in the primary though if he runs stop he is not losing in the primary to part of the Mark part of the reason that he's running again is because they got nobody else who people like either so I'm I'm curious who uh, what is uh, what Hickenlooper from Colorado coming back and storming in storming in with this whole thing
2: well, you've always got Beto O'Rourke. He'll uh, he'll throw his name in. No, Hakeem Jeffries will be None in of there. them
1: are throwing their name in. Elizabeth n- Warren. N- no serious names are throwing their name in for this. Not they're, yet. They're going to get out of the way. No, the, Elizabeth Warren is not running if Joe Biden is running. That's not happening. So this is all cool and new and exciting. It's going to be completely irrelevant in 2024. Almost for sure. Now, whatever. 2028. Maybe, very well could be interesting, um, but who knows how much they'll change it between now and then. At that point, this may never be a be a thing. Now, my my question is: Do the Republicans stick to their schedule exactly? Do they do they keep it with Iowa to start things out? Because that's that's by far the interesting primary this year. Oh, is the Republican yeah. primary, absolutely. We got, we got Chris Christie firing him off at Trump on Twitter last night. Ooh, I didn't hear about Gee, that. Oh, Christie was... Uh, Christie has kind of got a... He's one of the few one of the few people who sort of fires off insults the same way that Trump does. And he was going after him last... I don't know if he's running or not. I'm sure there'll be speculation that he is, but...
2: Well, and it sounds like the Koch brothers down in Wichita are uh, putting their money behind uh, anybody but Trump.
1: Right now, the schedule for the Republican calendar is Iowa caucuses Monday, January 8th. No, next January, obviously. Tuesday would be New Hampshire the 16th. Tuesday the 16th. And then Saturday the 27th would be South Carolina. Which Nikki Haley would like that one to be first because that'll, that'll be her home, home field for that whole thing. Yeah, she's expected to since announce she's, on the 15th. Since she's the only other... Is she not a... Well, it's, no. she's going to. She's going to. She's, she's going to. And uh, then we'll see who's next in announcing and uh, joining this... Success. All I know is I want to know is we're getting... The, are we getting the, the air hanger debate where we had like 27 podiums on the stage... Like we did in 2016. Just lined it like they couldn't even get them all in the shot. Well, remember they had to have two nights. Yeah, they had, they had two nights. Well, and then four years later, the Democrats had like the minor league and the major yeah. league debate. Yeah. Remember that? But there was there was one of them. The one that was at the air hangar. It was just an obscene number of <laughs> of lecterns that were at the <laughs> stage. And everybody talked like, like a total of like 45 seconds in the entire debate. Yeah. Lindsey Graham. Four seconds to introduce yourself, then you can just leave. All right, Lindsey Graham. There you go. That's it, everybody.
2: I think they ought to do a a Republican primary debate uh, this coming fall at the uh, or this coming summer at the Nebraska State Fair uh,
1: about nine o'clock
2: on a Tuesday morning. That's what.
1: That's the prime time. I hear. I thought they might not even do debates. The Republicans said they might not even do debates this year. That have been discussed. Got to do it. You gotta do it. We wanna see those. That'll be that's this fall they're gonna start doing that, Mark. Sure. This fall, fall twenty twenty-three. Thank goodness, a big election coming. I've been missing those.
0: <laughs> Number two. <laughs> been 18
2: days since the victory, still figuring out life after Juwan Gary and uh, Emmanuel Baudabel uh, season ending injuries. Seventy-two sixty-three win over Penn State
3: yesterday. Ooh, that was nice. They came out hot. And it was just a scoring explosion, but you still have that kind of pit of going, is this going to slip away in the end?
1: Yeah. I I got concerned there when I looked at at the scoreboard. I was like, jeez, this is only a three-point game or Mm -hmm. something like that when there was under five minutes left. But
3: then Hoiberg starts hitting free throws. Sam, not Fred. That'd be illegal. Um, Jamarcus Lawrence hits a big three. He knocks down a free throw in there as well. You got to win without your two best defenders. Shot extremely well, 30 points for Kasei Tomonaga, but it was a lot of what those guys did defensively against a Penn State team that, if they're hitting, they can make a lot of shots. You got 24 points for one of their guys yeah, who, he didn't, who could hard,
1: not miss. He was not missing. But
3: the rest of their team didn't shoot great, yeah. and in that, that ended up being the difference. Hey,
1: listen, whatever it means, I don't know if it's a, a sign of things to come or if this is a one-off, but at least having a day to be happy about nebraska basketball is something better than we had before that so who knows going to michigan on wednesday night pull off the upset and let's get really weird yes absolutely that would be great all right let's finish things off number one astronomers
2: have discovered an earth like planet orbiting a distant star one that shows promising signs it could potentially support life the planet is Wolf 1069b, orbits a red dwarf star known as Wolf 1069. Uh, it's uh, fairly close to Earth, about 31 light years away. Um,
1: th- so there are a few of these that are out there, but they're very, very far away. But it is interesting that th- you, they can narrow it down. Um, but it's almost ex- this one, some of the other ones that they have found are either smaller or a lot bigger. Than Earth, just in terms of the size, this one is actually almost exactly the same size mm. as as Earth. So, and just how do they tell this? That's a good question.
2: I mean, this thing's thirty-one light years away. Obviously, very light travels at two hundred eighty-six thousand miles per second.
3: I think these folks took a couple more science classes than we did, Mark. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so thirty-one light years. So. It's gonna take it would take thirty one like what what's the time that it would take to get because we don't have light speed. Right. To be able to travel over
1: there. Yeah. How long how long I, would it take? I don't if, know. If Several knew- centuries. <laughs> and then, then some of these they're different because the orbit, like days are either really short or really long mm-hmm. depending on the size, and the temperatures have wild swings depending on if they're, you know depending on if they're getting proverbial sunlight or whatever the, right. the star that they're orbiting around is um, is providing so, like when they say earth like sometimes it means it's like 180 degrees there or 180 below earth, and it's, it basically, it's basically like it has water that's, that's usually the big thing that they look at alright 756 we'll take a break it's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN
7: swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire Capital City. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln,
1: 1499.3
0: KLIN. All
1: right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us. 40 degrees in the Capital City. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Uh, If you missed the news earlier... We confirmed this morning during the course of the show uh, our guest tomorrow at 8.10 will be Nebraska head football coach Matt Rule who uh, is going to be kind enough to give us a few minutes. He's been on kind of a, uh, a whirlwind of travel and recruiting and hiring and <laughs> getting to know his roster which he said at the press conference last week he said to his team this is a good way to do it. He said Guys, when you come up to me, just tell me your name every time. Yeah. Even if you already have. Mm-hmm. Just tell me your name every single time. And uh but he is going to appear on our show for the first time. Um and I I'm excited to say too well, I'm excited to say, but this is the uh this is the first time we will have a Nebraska head football coach on the show since the since Mike Riley. Yeah. Um and so it's been it's been a minute since we've been able to, to get an interview with head football coach, so we appreciate Uh, The athletic department and Matt Rule making some time for us, and that'll happen tomorrow at 8.10. Now, here's the challenging part, guys, of of this situation, and this is the case for a lot of interviews that I do, but it's probably even more so for this one as well because, as you you know, if you pay attention to the show, our segments generally last um, from about 8.10, maybe a minute or two before that to about 8:25 maybe mm-hmm. a minute or two after that. And so a uh, l- longest case scenario we are talking we are talking 18 minutes or so for this thing. And so how do we spend our questions wisely? How do we <laughs> not how do we not be duplicative of what he's talked about in the past? how do where do we focus are we do we use our questions to try and get news from what's going on behind the scenes with Nebraska football more of like the yeah. questions that are asked at the press conference where you had media having a chance to do that on wednesday or do we use though that time to kind of kind of do a little bit more of a a featurey type interview with him During that time. And that's all things that we'll be thinking about and talking about over the course of the next 24 hours. But I am interested, I am interested in what you all would like to hear. Or if you had the chance to ask a question of the new football coach, what would you ask? Mm -hmm. If you were sitting at one of those press conferences, you were sitting in here with us tomorrow and you had a chance, to ask the coach a question, how would you spend that question? Because that's basically the scenario we're in. We probably, we get a couple of them. We get a few of them. But if I was giving you one, I'd love for you to text in to me what that question would be for you. And if you knock it out of the park with the question, I mean, I'm not above, I'm not above using your work to benefit our interview.
3: Dealer Dave says we should just burn our time by making the coach
1: play a generation collaboration. That would be hilarious. He would he could team up with me. I know. He could team up with me on the Xers. Yeah, but you know, do you really want him to win that sort of a thing because you don't want him to, you know, you 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 want a guy who's laser focused on football, right? That doesn't have that doesn't have much of a life, right? Doesn't have a a hobby. Doesn't have a hobby. Said right. Doesn't have a. Although, yeah, that would be that would be interesting for to to team up with him on Generation Collaborate. I like that idea. We we should just take him through. You know what? We should just take him through the calendar of the show (laughs) and have him participate in every segment in a micro level okay so we uh you know we, we haven't done top two, top five tuesday in a while but we at at the beginning we ask him to rank something from <laughs> one to five okay your five favorite favorite restaurants that you've well your 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 five favorite months or your five favorite uh, uh sports movies of all time okay mm-hmm. then uh and then we say hey what's uh what's chapter hide since you've been here <laughs> <laughs> right. You may not you may not feel like you've been able to get it off your chest, but you can with us. What is it that bothers you? We think you're gonna be a more effective, impactful coach mm-hmm. if you're able to tell <laughs> us what chaps your hide. Then we do a round of generation collaboration and we give him tickets to the sticks and journey show, uh, if he if he wins that. And then we let him get a request obviously of a song in for Valentine's Day. Oh right. as well. Yeah. If he wants to dedicate a song to his uh, his wife, who I believe was just in town for his birthday, but they're still kind of living apart, where you know they got kids mm-hmm. finishing up school and doing those, so so he could do a. a lo-
3: I, I know this long distance dedication is <laughs> f- from Matt in Lincoln. <laughs> I guess uh, you, as you're kind of doing the, your top five restaurants already, but. Hey, what's your, uh, we're giving him a sponsor's he, exemption for Munch Madness. He had
1: a shout out for, he said uh, Dish, he went to yep, Dish went for to his dish. birthday, and he called Dish Elite. Yeah. I don't believe, we may have to pull the bracket, but. They
3: haven't been in the last two years. They I haven't
1: think. been in either of the last two years. And the and the immediate reaction for some people is, is going to be, that's ridiculous, that's ridiculous, Dish is the best and should be the most critically acclaimed restaurant in Lincoln Nebraska. In fact, when we used to have Jeff Corbellick in, the f- food critic for the Journal Star, he tended to say dish was the best the best restaurant in Lincoln.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Now, the issue uh, with with Munch of madness is it's a little bit of um I don't want to say the 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 common man or woman that that does it, but there's a bit of a, there's a little bit of populism in the whole thing. Right? Places certain places you're not going multiple times over the course of a year, right? There just aren't as many occasions. And so I think that factors in, and that always leads to the critique that we get about Munch Madness. But yeah, I don't think Dish got in They didn't last it, year like for like sure. you go through like the most critically acclaimed, sort of like fancy-ish Restaurants, you think of dish, you think of like JTK, you think of maybe Carmela's, you think of there's probably other ones that I'm missing. Now On JTK this list.
3: was in two years ago. I remember that okay. one, but was not in last year.
1: Okay. Carmela's was Carmela's in last year? No. No? Venue's been in both years. Yep. You could you could probably throw venue in that in that thing. Uh you could probably now throw in has not been in yet, you could throw uh the Mercado in there. Oh, right, right. Uh, Or no, the Mercado is the, uh, or uh, uh, Casa Bovina. Yeah, you throw that one in there as well. I thought Casa Bovina's been in. That's, uh, the Mercado is the, is the. Right. Yeah, those those two are together. No, I don't think so. I think last year was the first one that they would have been open for.
3: Casa Bovina was in last year. Okay, I'm an idiot. As a 10 seed and lost to Engine House
1: in the first round. Okay, Casa Bovina was in last year. My bad, my bad. They they made it as well.
3: Now there's all of this this route to go, kinda featury introduction to the things yeah. that we do, kinda more about the person and fun. I am curious for anybody who who wants to let us know on those t- ends of things with the Rick Stein recognition text line four oh two four seven nine fourteen hundred, but like the media has had a chance now to talk with him last week and obviously talked with him when he initially got hired. Um he's been on podcasts. What are the questions that remain for head coach Matt Rule ahead of spring practice? Like, what what are the actual football-related questions that are out there before you actually start to see some of the practices and the product happen?
1: Yeah. Yep. Those are... And it's hard. And I know, like... The the thing that fascinates me, and I know he did he did actually sit down. He did his first local media interview with uh, with Sippel and Callahan on three over at on three, Mm -hmm. um, and they talked to him uh, about a variety of things, including the quarter. Like for me, that's still the most fascinating thing for me personally. Mm -hmm. Is you go into the season with your 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 starting quarterback from last year coming in uh, returning. Uh, who will, in theory, by the time fall gets here, be healthier than he maybe ever was mm-hmm. during last season? Who had a, I think, I think most would agree, he had a good season last season, um, and you know, probably, probably a better quarterback season than there's been here in a while. But then you also bring in a transfer who's got a lot more of a, an NFL build, shall we say, than than what Casey has. And how do you look at that? And then you don't have Casey during the spring to compare them one by one. Right. One-on-one against one another. To me, that is fascinating. And as a fan, I, the, the ultimate situation is to ha- make sure both of them are the, on the roster when you've got game one at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And that's going to mean one of them would ha- and. and uh, Sims I think is gonna be on the roster no matter what i guess I guess what I say is make sure that you still keep casey around yeah um is that is that possible if he's not the starter because it's now been a huge trend every year you've needed one two three, three four quarterbacks during the course of the season well yeah what's and the so, what's the rest
3: of that room look like as you go through spring ball with you obviously have Sims and Thompson at the top, but you have four yeah. other scholarship quarterbacks
1: in that room. Right. You know? Yeah. What
3: does that all look like through the spring?
1: And then I also think it's interesting to me, like, where you are. So he knows he's had a chance to, you know, kind of meet his players. He's had a chance to watch them on film, I'm sure. But what is it like being in a position where you are? you've been the head coach of this team now for two months? Okay, you you got you got practices coming up in what six weeks or so, yeah, ish. You get, you get in eventually, maybe not quite that much. You got practices coming up, but like you still haven't seen your own guys play football in person mm-hmm. in any sort of a setting. You've seen them on film, you've seen highlights. I wonder what that's like and how much different it is when you get a chance to actually do that then say go through the games and watch last year and go through the film of the new recruits and the transfers that are coming in and how much that will inform what he knows about his team compared to what he knows now to me that's a that's a really interesting angle on this whole thing because there's so many more like you know when he gets hired by carolina um in in the off season it's not long and they start having otas caleb and they start they start doing those right off the bat yeah and you're starting to see them right it's not it's not nearly as as long of a process with that whole thing so that's one of the things that i wonder about but um but i'm curious what do you have what what questions do you have for rule um and who knows maybe we might we might stick one of them in there in our conversation with him Tomorrow. I mean, I don't want to spend the entire time with him, you know, bonding about how we were both pastor's kids, <laughs> but it's going to be, you know, hard not to go, go down that road and, uh, and all of that thing. But I, I am fascinated. I'll t- I mean, I'll just tell you right now, I am sort of fascinated by the personal side of this, of this whole thing for, for sure. And that, that, that whole process. And so I would guess if I had to guess that it might air a little bit more that way than you will hear. On the press conferences or or maybe with some of the other some of the other outlets as well, I know he did he's done some podcasts too, some more national podcasts he uh did will Compton's podcast busting with the boys mm. as well uh so I know a lot of people listen to that and so each one's gonna be a little bit different but i
3: mean but. the the personal side to me is so much more interesting at this point in time than the football side because. We don't have a football like football actual stuff to look at. We've seen what they've done recruiting, we've heard what he's talked about going into the spring. That's all going to play itself out. Yeah. But the the to me the personal side is interesting because of what you're seeing the players and the coaches do in the community, what you're seeing Matt Rule go to go to tennis matches. Yeah. Go at he he's been at he was at the basketball game last night. Yeah. So seeing where all they kind of show up. As being part of the community, all of the restaurants that they've gone to.
1: Yeah, I got to ask him uh, about him watching his alma mater lose to his new yeah. uh, lose to his, lose to his new employer. Yeah, on the basketball court.
3: Well, in, in Penn State's current athletic director was his athletic director at Temple when he was coaching there.
1: Oh, okay, interesting. Interesting, a lot of connections there. So, anyway, if you're just joining us, you're wondering why we're talking about this. Matt Rule will join us on the show tomorrow at 8:10 8, 10. 8, 10. uh so during this segment 24 hours from right now and so we'll be wrapping that interview up 24 hours from right now so you want to you want to hear it in person make sure you got the KLIN app make sure you're near uh a radio or an echo device where you can pull us up you can listen to us on all of those items and then if you do have to miss it uh, get on that podcast afterward because we will we will put out that podcast as a standalone podcast if you just want to take a listen to that and uh, see what Coach Rule has to say as we head into spring ball shortly. So Looking forward to that. All right, uh, we got Dirk Chatlin coming up in 10 minutes. You will listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for
0: the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelan. All right,
1: welcome back. 8.37. 40 degrees in the capital city on our way to another day in the 50s. Uh, One of the next three days. Still in the 50s and like six of the next ten. So, soak it in. We're... We are watching potentially some of the the final days of winter being squeezed out a little bit earlier this year, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and we got Dirk Challen. If things weren't already super good, we got Dirk Challen joining us from the Omaha World Herald now. Morning, uh, Dirk. How are you doing today?
5: I'm doing great. I don't know what's going on with your cryptic Matt rule uh tweet, uh, but uh, I suppose I can hold on until further. We- you know, a later date for that. He
1: will uh, join us on uh, on this very show at eight ten tomorrow. So, uh, I believe we got the first uh, radio interview with him here in he's the gotta uh, be, uh, in the estate.
5: He's got to be feeling, you know, like he's. Coming on after James Brown or you know Bruce Springsteen when he comes on after me at eight
1: thirty five <laughs> on them. Uh Yeah, I know. I don't think I don't think Sports Information looked at that very closely, or they would have never considered that slot the Tuesday yeah. after after Dirk. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, "Hey, can we bump this to Wednesday?" Yeah. that might actually. That might actually be bad. Here's the, here's now here's the problem, Dirk. I, 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 you know, I've heard all the, uh, I've heard all the questions with him that has been, have been asked at the press conference and, uh, and, in the media uh, tour and, and those sorts of things. Like I, I I will have a tendency, and I'm afraid I'm just going to like get into a rabbit hole with him, just talking about like uh, restaurants in Lincoln that he's been to, or like <laughs> being a, a preacher's kid, or like some random thing. And then I'm going to look at the clock, and the interview's over, and I didn't ask him one thing about the recruiting class or anything. I'm very so I'm very so concerned yeah, about that.
5: This is I don't think people we've never talked about this in all of our years uh, doing these little Monday interviews, but I don't think people non journalism And I say this a little bit tongue in cheek, but I I don't it it is underrated stressful uh, when you know you have a certain amount of time with someone. This happens all the time in journalism interviews Mm -hmm. where you're like, gosh, I got to maximize this. I can't waste time on stupid stuff, but I have to get like, you know, a few color, a few things that that are quirky and fun uh, that are a little bit different. But you know, I know I only have fifteen minutes or thirty minutes, or like it is seriously stressful. Like, I I went through this at Big Red Breakfast, uh, you know, last fall with Trev Alberts. Like, we're on stage. There's three hundred people. It's me and Trev Alberts. I'm interviewing him two weeks after Scott Ross gets fired, and it's like, you know, I'm like twenty four hours earlier. I'm like, you know, I'm breaking out in a sweat because it's like, okay, I got to ask him about this. I got to ask him about this, but I don't want to spend too much time on this. Right. It's just like. Uh, it's a strange, when you get a, a big interview, uh, it is, it is strangely stressful.
1: And you never know what people want. Either. Like that's, that even, even when I, part of the reason that I, I, I do my podcast, which is on hiatus right now, but we'll probably come back here soon. But that, that podcast where I sit down for an hour with people is that that's less of an issue. But even with that, it's still the same thing. It's like I'll start going through their backstory and I'll realize, oh no, we've done 50 minutes and we're still to your, you being like 16 years old and I haven't asked anything. Um, you know, about your current life or what might have brought you on the podcast. So, yeah, I'm I'm Can 100% I, uh, with you.
5: So, so I, I started a podcast back in 2017, 18, something like that, back before podcasts were cool. I, some might say I was a trendsetter, in fact. <laughs> uh, but I was, uh, w- what I found was the best and worst part of that experience was that I would go back and edit. So I would do, you know, I'd do a two-hour interview mm-hmm. and then I'd go back in and I'd edit it down to, you know, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And it made the interviews much, much, much better. Okay. Oh, really? But it, hmm. but it was also like, you know, it would take another eight to 10 hours uh, just to, just to edit it properly. And in a way that was, you know, true to the, to the integrity of the interview and all that. And so um, I, I it was part of the reason that I stopped doing it because it's like, man, this is this, the editing process is killing me here. So, um, you know, I, I think, you're you're right. You do get to a certain points in an interview, whenever you're with someone, and this you know it's even worse with like celebrity interviews. Like yeah. like you know, Serena Williams was coming to Omaha one year, and we were doing a story about it. Here you get 15 minutes with Serena Williams on the phone, and it's like you yeah. know
1: somebody who's been who's interviewed literally daily, right? It's agony.
5: It's it's agony like like you don't try you all, all,
1: you're trying you're trying to ask a question that they've not. Let, it is it is that tension between. Everybody's got that one question they want to ask a celebrity, but the celebrity's been asked it, or the interviewer, the interviewee has been asked it thousands of times. Like, how do you do? Like, you have to ask it, but you also don't want to ask it at the same right. time, right? Right. Yeah.
5: No, and this, you know, I, people feel really sorry for people in the media. Yeah, right. I know. We're, we're, we're just this is right now.
1: I'm sure. There's there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that.
5: Uh, you know what people don't feel sorry for, Jack? What's that? KC Tominaga. They don't. They don't. Uh,
1: Kesei, 30 points yesterday. Uh, one of the most enjoy. Listen, the, the, for some reason, and and I don't quite know what it is, but it is even more fun to have Kesei Tominaga score 30 points. Well, it, let's just say this. It was more enjoyable to see Kesei Tominaga put up 30 points than it was Teddy Allen put up 40 points, right? No offense to Teddy, but... <laughs> there was just a different there was a different feel to it in in, uh in some ways in terms of the big scoring penn state games but like isn't it isn't it a little bit interesting with his career because you got him last year on this team and he didn't like he would have a few crazy threes that he would put up but like he wasn't getting a ton of minutes he was virtually never scoring double digits then this year he had a couple of times where he started to started to do that. It kind of broke out in that Purdue game a little bit, but then there would still be, like, it, it felt like there were games where it was just him, they could not figure out how to get him the ball in the half court so we could even take anything near an open shot. And now they've had these injuries, and all of a sudden he looks like, a a, a scorer that they just haven't had on this team probably since Teddy (laughs) Allen at that point like I can't figure him out exactly
5: yeah there's so much to talk about here I I think we should I should first acknowledge uh my my doubt uh that K-State Tominaga could ever score 30 points in a Big Ten game uh you know I I think I may have been overheard at some point saying that he should be playing for Dale Wellman at Nebraska Wesleyan wow Uh, so so you know you can call me a skeptic uh I think we should also acknowledge that on your, you know, when you are, are laying in your hospital bed, Jack, in in 50 years, and thinking back on your rich history of Nebraska basketball fandom, there's a very high chance that you one of your top memories will be watching Casey Tomonaga score 30 points, and then tweeting, <laughs> tweeting that you're not sure Nebraska should fire Fred Boyer because it might it I, might be, here it is. It, it might is. mean that Casey Tomanaga leaves the program. I mean, listen, wh- oh, listen, I
1: predicted that I would get killed for this. And here the <laughs> prediction is coming to fruition. There I it mean, is.
5: That was yesterday was a, uh, was potentially a, you know, a defining experience or, or certainly a memorable experience, uh, in, in the Nebraska <laughs> basketball culture. Uh, I think people will be talking about that for a long time. Maybe, maybe laughing a little bit as they do. Um, you know, it, it was just sort of vintage Nebraska basketball to win a game like that. I mean, it's when when we think back on the you know past decades of this, and it's it's the you know the cliche just when I'm just when I'm out they pull me back in. Uh, but but that was a hilarious experience. Uh, you know, to see Nebraska basketball win that game in the way that they did, just at a moment when everybody was basically like, all right, the hell with it.
1: Yeah,
5: I, I, I so. The question is, is he now the Japanese Steph Curry, as he was once billed to be? Uh, I I guess that's why we tune in next time. I I mean – Liz, I don't have any other candidates, if that's what
1: you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> on the tip of my tongue, I can't give you the top five on that list. So he's definitely number one on the list for for the time being. Okay, but okay, hold on. Let's go back to my tweet that you were. I, and I knew I would get oh this. God, con-
5: you're serious uh, about it. You're I knew. Hold on. It.
1: I knew I would get this condescension, and I even put a preamble on the tweet because I predicted <laughs> the condescension from the media elites like you, and here it is. It's just dripping from your voice but let me explain myself at least just a little bit
5: oh yeah i I because because the problem with you jack is you never have an opportunity to explain yourself that
1: that is i feel that way sometimes so thank you for pointing that out too uh like there is i have so much doubt that any decision that is made is going to that 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 changing things after this year that that 's going to result in that 's going to be the time that they make the right decision on the coaching hire and that 's going to flip it, or they do what Chattel was suggesting in his thing, and that 's going to be like i 'm super 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 skeptical that any of that 's going to work i get there 's a modicum of chance of it happening, but I also think there 's a modicum of Fred staying around and he pulls uh you know a Chris Collins in year eight or whatever. Uh, and then you know starts to have success there. I think that's also a chance. So at the very least, what I would like to see as a fan, which I think has the side benefit of potentially making this a better team and a better program, is to have some guys here from year to year to year. I mean, holy cow, could someone play three years at this university here? And so I know in, coming during the season, who the players are going to be. And we go in, and we already have an affinity for some of these players that are coming in year to year. I mean, at very least, I'd enjoy that, and I think it would help along the way too. And so that's the—I the, mean, the the micro point was with Tominaga, but the macro point is exactly that: is consistency and personnel is something I'd like to see.
5: I'd like to see what happens if you get that. Yeah, we've been talking about that for years now, right? I mean, we, we we've been talking about this since. Since the Miles era, when you know, like when they went through a phase where they were losing, you know, Andrew White and like big time players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this has been. I still have scars from that. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a consistent team with the program for a long time, and I think there's a little bit of irony uh, in you pointing out that that the 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 strength of retaining Fred Hoiberg might be continuity because that's not exactly what he's known for. Right. you know, and, and I don't think there's any guarantee that anybody that you like on this team would be back, uh, just because that's the nature of college basketball. Um but but you know, you're not wrong in saying that it's it's good for the program, it's good for the fan base. Um I think I I've just become gosh, I don't know how else to say it. I, I've just become so jaded on um on, on, you know, when Frost failed, when Hoiberg failed, like it, it was, it, it jarred me a little bit, not just, not like as a Nebraska fan, but just as like someone who like those, those were the surest hires on the board. Right. Like, I mean, right. and so I don't know if they, I don't know if either program can win right now. I mean, it, it, even when it looks like it's right, it's not right. And, and so You know, I think they need to be creative. I think they need to be bold. Uh, I don't really think that, you know, hanging on to something that, hanging on to a coach that hasn't won more than 12 or 13 games in a year since he's been here, I I don't think that's likely to to change it. Uh, I think, you know, I'm a believer that I wrote last year, I wrote a long story about, you know, the the fact that Nebraska, uh, the criticism of Nebraska basketball used to be, that they never invested in it. They never put any money into it. And then ten years ago, they put all this money into it, and and they haven't got any return on investment at all. Um, and so I don't I don't know what the issue is. I think I think some of it is um, some of it is a lack of care administratively, a lack of creativity. Um, some of it is just some bad luck. Some of it is, is poor coaching and and coaches who didn't know exactly how to how to get over the hump uh but, but, I just you know, and we i'm sure we'll have this argument again over the next month but but i just uh i don't know i don't know what you're losing if you make a change. I realize financially it's a big hit uh and i'm not standing on a you know i'm not standing on a on a stool at a on a bar stool um you know shaking my fist to hire Fred Hoiberg, but i just i don't see a whole lot of benefit in in going down the current road um and and maybe that's apathy um unless something changes here, you know, in the next month where they develop freshmen at a rate that they, that they haven't yet. Um, I just, it's, it's, to me, it's hard to make an argument. For the I, status. Okay. It's I get of the that. I get
1: that. But I look like, I look at it in, in, in a case of likelihood, what's more, what is more likely that for this to eventually turn, despite the the opposite of a gaudy record over the course of Hoiberg's tenure um the whether it's slight or whether by the end of the season you feel like it's significant improvement this year what seems more likely that that eventually is something that gets better or that you bring in the new guy and the new guy turns it around quickly that's that's the that's the equation i have in my head and for whatever reason that equation people mock that equation people i mean uh, I I I said the same thing when Miles came in. When when they were deciding whether to whether to fire Miles, I would said I'd rather not have four down years, and I would rather take whatever he's got for the next few years. And sure enough, what happens? Four miserable but, years, and then people right. still say I was wrong in my analysis. I, I wasn't. I was I was exactly right, <laughs> exactly right. And well, people hate that. People don't like to think about it that way. I don't I don't understand it.
5: Well, I, I'm not. You may not – I'm not going to give you the answer that you want because I'm not going to agree with the original premise. I, I think that you do stand a better co- – I think you stand a better chance uh, in today's era of college basketball, um, you know, bringing in somebody who's who's recently had success. Um, so this is the one. To,
1: they're getting the one this time. Okay.
5: This well, is the, saying,
1: they're I getting think, the one I, this time. I okay. think
5: mathematically, I think your odds are better doing that than bringing back a guy who hasn't won more than twelve or thirteen games in four years in the program.
1: So it wasn't Hoiberg. Uh, it wasn't Hoyberg, But the next guy is going to be the one. Okay.
5: Well, <laughs> what's what's the alternative, Jack? Do you want to be Northwestern and just like settle on Chris Collins hey. and you know, and once every eight years, you know, you, you have a winning record? Like,
1: uh, I mean,
5: <laughs> right now,
1: <laughs> right now, I don't know. That's not too. That's a, a little bit more than that, but
5: not a lot. At this point. Yeah, I mean, right?
1: I but I don't think a him. whole lot more of that is possible.
5: Yeah. I think what complicated the Miles situation was first of all, they were at a much higher level than Nebraska is right now. You yep. know, like it's like when people used to compare Scott Frost's struggles to Jim Harbaugh's struggles. It's like, no, it's not the same. Yeah. Uh what one guy's winning nine or ten games a year, one guy's winning four or five. Uh so I think Miles, right. you know, success rate was different. And I also think he just had You know, there was a little bit of spirit there, part of it based on the NCAA tournament run in 2014, you know, part of it just because of how, I guess, active and and prominent he was, you know, out there in in selling the program. Uh, Fred's not as active on that part of it. And I I like Fred a lot, but, you know, he's not waving the flag like Tim Miles used to do. Yeah.
1: Hey, by the way, fun fact, February 8th, 2014, Nebraska was about (laughs) to play at Northwestern. Do you know how many wins Nebraska had going into that game? 11? 12.
5: 12. Yeah, 12. Um, 12 wins. You know what, Jack?
1: 12 wins
7: going into that
5: game. If they still had a full hand of cards, if they still had Bandamel and Gary, um, I would believe it was possible. I really would. Uh, It's just, it really sucked that that this group didn't get a chance to go on a run like that. Because I I think it was in them. I'm not saying they would have done it, but I think it, I think there was potential to do it.
1: Can you believe Sam Hoiberg doesn't play at all and then comes in and he's starting and scoring points now, too? It's just its hey,
5: crazy. What, what, let's end how where does, we started. How does that so happen? What's the, what's the opening joke to Matt Rule tomorrow? Because I know you've been thinking about it. The
1: opening joke? Man, yeah. I don't know. I just found out a half hour ago I was getting the interview. So I don't know if I've got it yet. I need help with that. I need help with I that. I mean,
5: you, you got to start fast, or he's going to kind of go to sleep on you. I don't you want know? him to like, lose
1: interest. I don't want to get he's probably coastal.
5: expecting big. things. I know,
1: right? I'm no, I'm no two barstool guys sitting in a bus swearing all the time on the interview. I can't, I can't catch his interest like that. So I'm at a disadvantage right away.
5: I mean, he's probably heard about you. Like you know, <laughs> you you need to meet the the expectation. So.
1: <laughs> I got 24 hours. Okay,
5: you're, you're not going to sleep.
1: You're not going to sleep anyway, and I just made it work. Now you're ratcheting the pressure up. Now I got to get on this. All right. Uh, thank you, Dirk. I don't know if it was a productive conversation, but it was. A fun it never
5: one. is, Jack. It, it
1: never, never is. is. All right. We'll talk to you next week and have another one. Thank you, Dirk Challen, from the Omaha World Herald. It's eight fifty six. We'll wrap up the show for this on KLI.